Hey, Peter. Hey, what's up? You know what we're doing today? No. Nothing but this. I'm Adam Annis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you are listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Music advice coming to you, flowing to you, coming at you. Which one is it? All of those. <laughs> All of the above. Music, here's our new slogan. Music advice coming to you, coming at you, flowing to you. <laughs> <laughs> There's three different, con- this is a conduit for musical information, knowledge, and repartee. Super catchy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm, I got to warn you. I've been on the continent the last couple of weeks. And not the not this continent, the continent. Which continent would that be? Europa. Europa. Eurasia. Not Asia. Or <laughs> Eurasia. Antarctica. Um, Pangaea. 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 Sorry, yeah, yeah, the supercontinent. <laughs> That's right. Uh, no, I've been oh, there. So the, you're going to get a little bit of uh, avec français. Uh, oh, per, per chance, okay. uh, uh, con italiano, okay. you know, okay. we'll, we'll see. Watch out. So yeah. you were in Italy and France, is what you're trying to say. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was a very pretentious way of saying that. Did you have a good time? I had a very good time. Yeah. Very good time. Did you see any music? I always ask musicians who, who vacation. So, so I did. I actually went to a really oh, nice. interesting um, chamber music concert uh, in Siena, Italy. Oh, man. Uh, that was that was just great in a, in a beautiful old hall, and so I didn't see a lot. That was actually kind of the main music I and heard. Siena, beautiful. Siena's beautiful, and the surrounding Hilton. area too. Yes, like the Tuscan, oh the Tuscan countryside. It was very nice. That's so great. Yeah, but that's not what we're here for today. No, we're is not it? here for that. But but it is good to have you back, buddy. And yeah. uh, it's good to be back recording the podcast. And thanks everybody for blowing up some recent uh, videos. I heard about that. Yeah, on YouTube. Yeah. If you're if you haven't checked out the podcast on YouTube, go check it out, and you might as well hit the like and subscribe. If you're on YouTube right now, we're about to give you a free video podcast. You might adhere to a little agreement that we have. Ooh, is that still happening? Still, I didn't know if that very faded much. away in my people absence. Are, by the way, people are very much into, in the comments, yes. saying agreement adhered to exactly yeah. and that's you know that's part of the deal is yeah. like you must adhere to this agreement this is what we what we are calling not what we're calling what is the gentleman and ladies agreement well can i just add Gen- something? gentlemen and or ladies agreement uh, go ahead and do the basic agreement but i'm going to add something to it this time. okay so the agreement is we will provide you with an amazing podcast and by listening and if you're hearing this you're listening yeah. or watching it's a great start you already. agree to subscribe to the YouTube channel as payment. I would also add, subscribe and leave us a comment. Agreement adhered to. That's great because that's kind of confirmation. Yeah. Is that required? I, I think it's required now. Oh, that's Part required too. Okay, to awesome. subscribe and leave a comment because we want to hear from you. And that's even right. it doesn't have to be exactly agreement adhered to but we want to we want our agreeers up there in the comments yeah maybe just surprise us with like you know some eloquence and and another approach to how however you want to express to us that you have adhered to the agreement that's up to you tell your story well speaking of eloquence yes check check this transition out so we've got a good one today we've uh, we've had some really amazing uh, reactions to some of our reaction videos (laughs) we watched uh, Thelonious Monk video a few weeks ago yeah. and a Majamal video a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, Wayne Shorter before that. Um, today, we want to watch a video that's super special. And you, I think you already knew about this video. I've not seen this yet. Yeah, no, I knew about it. I remember seeing it, all, you know, 
around the time it came out, which is 1985. I'm going to paint a little bit of a picture. Paint it. Take yourself back to the mid-80s. No, get your palette out. When everybody was wearing Reebok and Nike tennis shoes that look exactly like they are do today. I was going to say, sometimes producer Caleb will wear some Reeboks. No, no, no. He's going straight straight military today. But it is known to be happened. But no, this was... This concert uh, was kind of a famous concert. You were a little bit young probably to be totally tuned into this on your jazz journey. Yeah. And I was on the younger side for sure. For sure. But it was a really cool thing because it was, uh, I believe it was part of the rebooting of and reintroduction of the Blue Note record label, which nice. kind of went, it never went totally defunct, but it's sort of, they weren't doing any releases. I don't know, something happened with the ownership. I think yeah. Toshiba EMI Thank bought them. Thank goodness they got Bruce back Lundvall on track in the 80s because there's some good stuff that came there's out in the 80s stuff. and 90s on right. that label. So and good. this was actually came out as one of the first recordings, I believe, but it's from Live at Town Hall, One Night with Blue Note, I believe is what it's called. But I remember seeing the video, like a videotape, VHS, What You Know About That. Um, Very cool. Of this concert and kind of the story about how it came together. Because it was a little bit of a, re- a reunion of at the time where I was just like, oh, it's like the old guys and gals from, they weren't that old. Yeah. But they were like from back in the day, Herbie Maybe Hancock. Your age now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Younger, probably younger. Yeah. Um, Tony Williams, uh, you know, Woody Shaw and Freddie Hubbard. So Woody Shaw and Freddie Hubbard had a great record from that same year, I believe. It was one of the first releases. Kenny Garrett, a young Kenny Garrett was on it. Wow. Um, I forget what it was called. It was something with, you know, play on two trumpets um but of course they had both recorded on the the og blue note back in the 60s johnny griffin curtis full it was a lot of luminaries um at this concert but tell them about the particular track and who's on it because this was sort of um you know certainly so, an apex to the concert as i remember it from the video this is cantaloupe island herbie hancock's composition herbie is playing the piano open studio artist ron carter is yes. playing the bass tony williams is playing the drums yep uh, which is good rhythm section, an amazing, the you know one of the rhythm sections uh, of all time. Yeah, and then uh, the horns are Joe Henderson and Freddie Hubbard, and I think we'll probably spend most of this episode centered around Freddie. Yes, and his incredible playing. So, you know, Freddie Hubbard's recording life. I think a lot of people focus on the '60s. Yeah, but '70s on man. Yeah, the guy was tearing it up yeah and from what i've seen of this concert it's no different i don't know if there's a more uh, a, a trumpet player in the history of recorded music besides maybe louis armstrong that has a, a more appealing combination of of artistry fire chops like He's sensitive. He's athletic. He's yeah. like it's like the athletics a great way to the complete package. It's yeah. like he can do anything on the instrument, and he makes really really beautiful artistic choices with that power. Yeah, it's incredible. I've always felt like he had that. I mean, among other things, um, a special talent that he had was that combination of like really interesting and innovative harmonic approaches but combined with things that worked really well specifically on the trumpet. Yeah. So like he could find those things and make them sound really easy if you're not a trumpet player. Trumpet players always knew and were always a little bit fearful of him because of his athleticism at the instrument, you know, his intonation, his great sound, his kind of, you know, agility and all these things. But there was, it was never just about like trumpet theatrics and everything. He had all that. Listen, there's plenty of trumpet players that are just all theatrics. Right. But this is deeper. You know, Freddie's playing has always been deeper and it's his concept. Yes, exactly. And so he had that really advanced, interesting harmonic concept and so that he would weave these these incredible 
you know, melodic shapes that fit really well on the trumpet. And then, of course, his technique was so great, he was able to do that, but really in service of the music in a super interesting way. And then his rhythmic conception yeah, was so, which, which we're going to hear on this. Off the charts. Yeah. Let's, let's hear a little bit. Yeah. Here we go. This is amazing, by the way. And and shout out to George Lucas for that. George Lucas for the introduction. Different way he's phrasing that. Bop, bop. What a great suit Freddie's wearing. Too. Yeah. What's that chord, Peter? <laughs> exactly. Oh I love the way Herbie's already breaking it up. Freddie stays right in there. Pop, pop. Why is the text still on the screen? Why is the text still on the screen? I don't know. <laughs> That's horrible. Maestro. Well, that's a Freddyism right there. Busy oh. comping, but effective. No, controlled dynamically. Up to that high G. I love what Ron Carter does here in these D minor sections. Yeah. He's like swirling, making the tension happen. Yeah, yeah. Truly really a master of tension and release. Yeah. How hip Tony looks. Economy okay. of motion, okay. what Freddie's doing, we but gotta, it's great. <laughs> we gotta take a break from that's too intense, right? We gotta take a break. And, this is and, like a, a beautiful musical cocaine festival or something, <laughs> man. So much going on, <laughs> man. So great. So, there's a couple of things I want to back up and just highlight. First off, some of the chords that Herbie's playing on the, on the D minor sections, it's D minor, right? Dun, yeah, yeah. Dun, but he's going all the way up in the head.
What is that? Well, that's the 13th. That's so he's really like extending up those fours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's all perfect fours. And then that tritone on top, stacking it up. Oh, it's beautiful. Because it's very much like there's a lot of like minor 11 and he goes in and out of it. But that kind of gives it that tension between that 7th yeah. and 6th, 13th, whatever it is. Resolving it down to the upper down. And then what he's doing there rhythmically is so like. And like he sticks with that a lot on this. So the original would be. But I think the originals are actually right, right, without right. like that. Yeah, like I think. So he's adding in, you know, there's a lot of sub and you know, Tony Williams kind of hints at that actually yeah. even before he plays it. Like there's a lot of playing around. And then when Tony did that that big triplet, yeah. it was almost just like, hold on a second, we're resetting this thing. You know? yeah. And I think he only did it one time on that solo. And just notice like the Herbie's concept, like he's going between a couple of different concepts as he's comping. He's really just laying down a nice rhythmic foundation as mm. if he were like a you know, guitar player, like he's Nile Rodgers or something, right. just like giving that 16th note. Yeah, like scratching. He's almost exactly. scratching. Totally. And then, and then he's doing some interacting, like interacting with some colors yeah. and some textures behind what Freddie's doing. And Freddie is just like... <laughs> what is happening man he's going for broke just like i mean that the first chorus is yeah. kind of restrained well, but in terms of spacing but the intensity of what he's playing he's starting out at like 11 i know it's good and so it's such a interesting way of like setting up the solo yeah because it's like you're challenging yourself you're challenging the listener and i think herbie certainly and Tom, like they're heightening that with like all that really busy comic but there's a lot of trust between them there's a lot of shared language and history for sure that when you you can play that much yeah. you know and and know that that's the way freddie like freddie's like oh yeah this is not a problem his, I'm, I'm gonna play on top of all this yeah. and layer layer all this hip intense stuff right well, in there his with it phrasing is so strong and confident and intentional and it's and he sets himself up that it 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 it, it doesn't he doesn't need you right. to, to help him. We were talking about espresso. This is this is all. There's no decaffeinado going on no. here. No, and this then all caffeinato. And then I mentioned, you know, Ron Carter is also like he's laying down to something like a really big, beautiful sound on the just in the pocket, yeah. and then on that you can tell they're using that D minor se section to really. Yeah, a little bit of a release. A maybe? little bit of a release, yeah. and, and Ron is doing some like double stops and some like that kind of like, thing. You real know, foundational, but a little bit, a little. The only time he gets a little bit looser from exactly. like sticking with the line. Tony too, and it really it's very fine. So like for any young musicians out there, that's how you play the song. Like, right. That's like the groove can stay in the pocket and right. then use that third section, that C section to sort of like really let things intensify and then release it into yep. the A section. And it's so, what's so great about it is like, that's really the connection. Like everything else is different actually than the way this was originally. And actually this was almost the exact same band. I believe it was maybe, it wasn't Joe Henderson on the, 
was it i know it was freddie on the original and maybe george coleman mm -hmm. but um same rhythm section like the only thing that they're doing the same is the form yeah like the melody i mean yeah they're playing the melody but freddie's playing it differently the actually groove freddie, is slightly like, different bop, bop, like every yeah the groove and the you know the way that he's comping and stuff the bass line's pretty much the same but like in that d minor section um ron is 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 stretching it out but like that's such a great thing it's like no we're not going to just recreate this thing even though it's blue note night or whatever but it's going to be very recognizable but right. the energy is different well and notice again, and the groove is different the like groove Tony's is playing slightly, a different groove and herbie's playing differently yeah as you mentioned yeah like so uh, it's also a great lesson for uh younger musicians or less experienced musicians let the music evolve it doesn't have to be the same as it was in 1965 or whatever right. like let it happen and be with it where it is. Like yeah. that articulation on the mm, ba, ba, boop, bop, bop, it's a yeah. big difference. Like it it, it's a different feeling, but it's it sets up some kind of other energy with this performance and it's I'm loving it. No, it's great. And it really places it for that evening, for that live performance. Yeah. That's when this music is at its best, I think, is taking this shared language or shared, I mean, like this is such a standard kind of like jam session it's not even i guess it's a jam it's it just is. it's a standard it's like everybody knows it. the listeners know it everybody yeah. loves it you know around the same time there was like a kind of hip-hop uh, sample of this spinoff yeah with one of those european hip-hop thing whatever so i mean it's like it's it's out there so it's like okay what are you going to do when you got the ogs playing yeah, it yeah. you know and it's very much placed during this time in a super exciting way let's hear a little more yeah <laughs> uh. Freddie's looking at something like, wow, you survived right. that solo? Yeah, well done. Trumpet. Impressive. <laughs> now Ron's stretching out a little bit. Huge Tony's kid is in the era. Oh, that's what he heard me. What is that? On that, that D-Man, I think he did his... The double, triple diminished? Yeah, like a D-flat, uh, uh, D-flat major over D-minor kind of vibe. that, yeah. Yeah. Woo. Which is such a great, like, you know, from that, that minor 11 over yeah. that 6. But it just, it goes to show you that section is not about some kind of, like, you know set color it's about right. tension it's about swirling it's right. about creating tension to release it 
And I think he went to that, like he was doing more like the Forrest Compton because of the, perhaps the way that Freddie Harbour was soloing. Yeah. Like Joe Henderson is really doing a lot more third bass kind of. Yeah. You know, even like yeah. that kind of thing over that D minor. Yeah. So that's kind of a, a way to give it a little bit of tension, but a little acknowledgement of, of that harmonic structure. Yeah, because Freddie was playing pretty outside. Yeah. And especially after the first two choruses. Yeah, and a lot of fourth then. stuff, you know, yeah, kind yeah. of fourth jumping up and down. Freddie was like, I, I want to get back in there. <laughs> Come on, let me back. Come on, Joe, let me back. That's why there for just a second so that this is something that i think is is kind of important sometimes just in terms of maybe you know ways that we can think about approaching not only this tune but any kind of pen, like this is so pentatonic and blues yep. like that duality you know you heard joe henderson doing that for everybody um but thinking about that as opposed to an f minor pentatonic as an A-flat major pentatonic with the six, because that's kind of the way he's, I hear it mm -hmm. melodically that, that Herbie's approaching it, you know? And you could say like, well, no, 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 I think it's F minor. Like the main thing is just to sort of start to find two different ways to maybe get to the same point and yeah. give approaches for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't really matter what the listener- It's the same notes, right? It's the same notes, exactly. But it's kind of like the structure of how you do it. It doesn't matter how the listener, because most people aren't thinking about pentatonics, but they hear that sound. It's such a foundational kind of thing. Yeah. But when I hear that, I kind of, from a analysis standpoint, gravitate more towards that A-flat major. Yeah. And then a lot of that- Well, you know, sorry, just to- didn't mean, we didn't get too far, but you know yeah. what that does if you think about it like that is when you hit that in that D flat seven, yeah. then you can think A flat minor. Exactly with major seven, so it turns it into nearly like a blues kind of yeah. connotation. Totally, totally. And so you've got like dual dual blues connotation because yeah. you still got the, yeah. you know the flat of fifth or the yeah. minor third. Yeah. <laughs> what was that though? I don't know. It's just it's Herbie. Herbie being Herbie, as we say. Oh! So he's hinting already at that D minor Stop. before he gets there. Oh, so there he's like whoa, 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 whoa. D minor to D minor going down a whole step as opposed to going down a half step Is that what there. He's doing? I think so, yeah. That kind of I thing? think so, yeah. Wow. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, something maybe. 
Yeah, I think it's a down a whole step. You gotta get Max Kinney's in here. Yeah, with a minor nine. It's the whole step. This guy's really up on his Herbie stuff. <laughs> Up to it. I want to E flat minor, E minor, and then back to oh, Come on, man. It's just so many different opportunities to take it out. So, like a lot of those times, well, several of those chords, you know, he goes when he's on the D flat. And then he hints up to that D minor already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he went up to the E flat minor and then came down. To bring it back. So he's on that D flat seven. And then he hits. Yeah, he's not supposed to be there yet. Yeah. And then sometimes you're right, he is hitting this like. Yeah. Yep. Kind of thing on that, this sort of double diminished, yep. like D flat minor over D thing. Yep. yep. C sharp minor, I guess. Everybody remember this next part. Yeah, a lot of people say try don't don't try to force it in. And I love that they've kind of abandoned that. They don't really play that that much. Freddie Hubbard? A little bit, yeah. Yeah? Some stories I can't really... He seems like it'd be a good time. He was a good time. Yeah, yeah he was great. I, mean, I actually heard him for the first time would have been within a year of this here in St. Louis at St. Louis Community College. Oh, really? A little hall there. I remember oh, interesting. getting a chance to hear him, which was amazing. At Forest you know? Park? Yeah, wow. exactly. And um, it was... He was... I mean, this period, actually, kind of mid-'80s, I think was 
one of his strongest periods. Like he had in the 90s when I heard him and even like early 2000s, I can't remember exactly when I think he passed in mid 2000s and wasn't like he had some chops issues at different times. Obviously such a powerful player, so much technique that we you know, the times when he had some different issues you really could tell. Yeah. But his playing was at such a high level that it was still like really really good mm -hmm. but in thinking about it this was one of i think his strongest periods i mean it was just like um, you could just tell i mean it was like almost yeah. nothing he couldn't play That's that amazing. he was feeling it's true there was amazing. no technical limitations necessary and it's just so joyous it's so much fun yeah to be a part of to be on that ride and yeah. what an amazing band tony yeah. williams I love the huge 80s kit. I guess that started in the 70s. Right, for him. right. That big Gretsch. Big yeah. Gretsch kit, huge drums, huge toms. Yeah. Um, but like he and Herbie, it's funny, drummers and piano players, man. Yeah. They, you know, the the ones that work well together, like Kenny Kirkland and Tane and yeah. Herbie and Tony, they just have this like otherworldly ability to create tension with each other and, and, and just create these colors around the band. It's, so it's just like there's certain watching two people have a discussion. Yeah. You know, like even when there's a lot going on yeah. between that piano. I mean, you talk about Herbie and, and Tony. There's just so many different things. And then you go back and you just focus in on that. You're like, wow. You know, and to see these little sparks flying and where did they start? And yeah. then they start throwing them around. It's great stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go back and kind of see if I can find this complete video. Maybe it's on YouTube. Oh, that'd be great. Of that whole concert because it was a lot, of, yeah. a lot of great stuff happening. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. Yeah. We'll be back with more. Until next time. You'll hear it. <laughs> <laughs>